Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. This is the show that is really designed, the intention that I have is to uplift, to help you transform, to heal, to reconnect you to the true self that you are. And there really is nothing more important than making that connection so we can live each day in our heart, each day with greater health, greater well-being, and feeling that connection to all of life. That's really what we're here to do, and this is a show that supports you on your journey to that greater connection. I also wanted to just say, if you would like to receive these conversations, then you have a couple of ways to do that. You can um, go to my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, which is the name of my other show on Progressive Radio Network. Or you can just go to my website, which is Dr. Cheryl Selman. That's drcherylselman.com. And just opt in there and you will get all of these wonderful conversations sent right to your inbox, along with other information and blogs, things of that nature that I like to send out and help to keep you up to date with things. So hope you'll be joining me either on my Facebook page, What Women Must Know, or over on DrCherylSelman.com. So let's get on with the show today. Um, I have just returned from a week at um, a, a remarkable retreat center. I've talked about it before. And that is Rhythmia, Rhythmia Rhythmia Life Advancement Center, its full name, in Costa Rica. It's the only medically licensed plant medicine center in the world. And I have been there many times. I have just returned from bringing a group that I, I kind of guide there every year. And also I teach there once a year. So this has been a, a place that has been quite near and dear to me in the journey that I've been taking. And actually quite profound. Uh, no words to really say how profound this experience is with plant medicine. And and um, I've met incredible people there. I've had some of my guests uh, on the show who have been guests at Rhythmia share their remarkable stories, their miracles of healing. When I was there, I um, met some other remarkable people. And one of those remarkable persons I have on my show today because her story is so incredible, so uplifting, so transforming. And I know it will touch you very deeply and will inspire you to live your best life no matter what you may be facing in your life. So just let me share a little bit about my guest. Um, Her name is Dana Lysigang. And you know, Dana, I may have just like slaughtered that name, so you'll have to correct me if I did. But um, um, she is uh, the author of a book called Falling Up. My Wild Ride from Victim to Kick-Ass Victory. Love that name. And a little bit about Dana. She is a Hay House author, and that's the name of her book, Falling in My Wild Ride from Victim to Kick-Ass Victory. It's written by 
Wayne Dyer, and she has had the honor of speaking on stage with, with such luminaries as Dr. Wayne Dyer and Anita Morjani. In 2014, Dana received the Hero of Forgiveness Award given by the Worldwide Forgiveness Alliance. She is currently an inspirational speaker and a coach in independent living skills and spinal cord injury recovery. So, Dana, so happy to have you on the show. And tell me how to properly pronounce your last name. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure and an honor to be on your show. And what an amazing time at Rhythmia. My name is Dana Lisigang. And okay. Well, it, I wasn't it, too it, far off. <laughs> no, we were very, very close. Uh, um, so, so Dana, you are such an exceptional woman, and uh, you know when I when I arrived at uh, Rhythmia, and you kind of looking over the people, I saw this beautiful woman in a wheelchair, and um, you know we sit around meal times and we chat, and I had the pleasure of sitting next to Dana at one of our meals, and she started to share her story with me, which I found so amazing because not only of her journey in life, um, but what she's creating and how she's having such a huge impact in this world over using her challenges actually to, um, to, to show miracles are possible. So Dana, I'm just going to hand this over to you and I, let's start by talking about your story and what happened to you early in your life and um and and what's you know how you've been using these experiences for your own healing to share them with other people well great well uh, thank you very much for that amazing introduction by the way (laughs) um i was you know i grew up in the northwest and by the age of 10 i had like three sets of parents and so I know that's confusing. My mom married three times, and all of the parents kept me under their fold. And I never understood anything but love because everywhere I go, I had love from my parents. And if one parent was mad at you, he'd go to the next one. And Or if you were mad at a parent, you could stay wherever you wanted to stay. So I always had, like, options in life, and I learned how to adapt really young. And By the age of 18, I was told a lot, even though I had had love in my life, I was also told that, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, you're not smart enough for college, go in the military. And I was like, all right. I kind of took that in, and I joined the Navy when I was 18. I started excelling in boot camp, Um, had a great time. I know that's a weird oxymoron to say, people had a great time in boot camp. I had a fantastic. I became I became the company comedian. Um, I did a lot of push-ups for this, but that's all right. It was I had a really good time, and so I'm on top of the world, and I'm in in the Navy. I'm on a ship, and I started feeling sad because other people started making fun of me. I'm like, what happened to this amazing time in boot camp, and the fleet being a different situation and a, a better situation, 
and guys were making fun of me, and I was like, dang, starting to feel sorry for myself. And you start attracting things in your life that are matching your emotional state. And it was October 25th of 1990. I attracted a situation in my life that matched my vibration of who I was at that point. I didn't understand it. I was raped and thrown off of a 75-foot cliff by another sailor. Now, I want you to understand that I didn't ask for any of this. It was we match vibrationally with our surroundings. And this young man was in a vibrational um, place in his life that allowed this event to take place. And it really wasn't until I went to Rhythmia that I could actually say that. So this is only week old for me that I've grown into. And I was left for so dead. Wait, so, 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 yeah, go ahead. So, so he threw you, raped you, threw you over a 75-foot cliff. You fell to the bottom. And who, how were you rescued from there? To the best of my knowledge, he was running away from the scene of the crime and police were doing a routine check at Sunset Cliffs and he was just like, she fell, she fell, she fell. And they're like, who fell? And and then he told the police one story and then he told the Navy like six different stories. And I was, the Navy didn't know anything about it until the next day because I was naked at the bottom of this cliff. All of my clothes and dog tags were at the top. They life-flighted me out to UCSD, University of California, San Diego Hospital. And it wasn't until I was missing the next day that they started finding out where I was. I was in ICU on a respirator, expected to die in a coma. They called my parents immediately told them to get to the hospital as soon as they could because I wasn't going to survive. My parents showed up, and I did survive. The doctors then said, well, she'll never get off a respirator because I'd broken C1 through C5, which is cervical 1, the top bone in your neck, to cervical 5. And you only have seven bones in your neck. And I was paralyzed at that point from the neck down. And a misnomer people have about quadriplegia is that you always remain paralyzed from the neck down. My knowledge of that at breaking your neck at that point was you die. And breaking my neck that high, you typically do. Um, So the doctors told my parents she's not going to survive. If she does, she's going to be on a respirator. She's not going to be able to communicate. Well, I proved them wrong there. Not only did I live, but I irritated people enough by biting down on the respirator and trying to spit it out that they gave me a chance. And I learned later in life from a respiratory therapist that they just kind of throw the dice and go, well, let's see what happens. And that's what they did. And I had to be able to breathe for four hours on my own before they would take the tube out of my throat. That took about about a month, and the next thing I heard was, well, you're never going to be able to take care of yourself. 
And I was like, hmm, that's not on my plan here. I'm I'm in a wheelchair, but I will be independent. And independent in a wheelchair for me meant dressing myself, bathing myself, being able to live on my own and just live, do everyday tasks. That took three years to be able to do. And they, everywhere I turned, it, they were telling me it wasn't possible. I'm like, well, you said I wouldn't live. You were wrong. You said I wouldn't breathe on my own. You were wrong. So you're probably wrong with this one, too. And they were. So you're probably wondering at this point, hey, what happened to that guy that threw you off the cliff? Right? Well, mm-hmm. as soon as I'm breathing on my own, I'm in the regular ward. And the Navy advisor comes in. She says, we know it's foul play. He told the police one story. He told the Navy six different stories. We know he's lying. However, you have two choices. You can take this to court. You will lose. You will get nothing. Your parents will be paying for your medical bills. Or you can take your right to remain silent in the court of law, and you will be 100% service-connected for the rest of your life. Your benefits mean you will be taken care of. All of your medical bills will be taken care of. Everything taken care of. Long story short, I took my real only option, which was to remain silent. And at that time, I thought I had to remain silent completely with everybody. My parents were like, zip your lip. And that's what I did, which in hindsight, it made it easier for me to push forward and work on me without having to worry about court battles and any of that being put down or blamed or shamed for nothing of to my fault. I then can, worked on my... Take a, can, wait, wait. Can we take a little deeper and talk more about this um, situation in the military with sexual abuse because you you shared a bit more with me about how uh, rampant it is and uh and it, as you are you know you're sharing with us how the military actually doesn't or hasn't I don't know maybe things have changed since that event happened to you you, you don't have a lot of alternatives to to push forward with um um you know having these the, the abusers be um, made to to pay for it, you know, or or be sent to jail for it. Yeah, it's kind of widely known amongst the the personnel that they can get away with it, and it does happen more in the military than in civilian world. The sad part for me is that they're getting away with it, and then they're being discharged from the military and going out and doing more damage. The young man that hurt me went on to a life of drug dealing, drug abusing. He went to jail for domestic violence. He got out, and then while he was out, he violated his parole and uh, held a woman hostage for five days in her own home. No, no food and water, reading her scriptures out of the Bible. So um, this happens more often than people understand and the the statistics are 
numbers of women, the percentage of numbers of women that are assaulted are higher. The reality is the numbers of men who are assaulted is more than the numbers of women. The men are less likely to come forward, and they are higher numbers of men. There's just the numbers, period. So it's not a gender issue. It is a policy issue. It's it's just a poor behavior issue, and being allowed to get away with it. So has anything changed? Has anything changed since that event happened to you and where we are now? To the best of my knowledge, they're educating people more on uh, assault happening. However, in the movie um, The Invisible War. In 2010, sexual assault was deemed an occupational hazard, according to Congress. Yeah, I believe it was Congress. To the Senate or Congress. I have to watch the movie again to get the right one, but don't quote me on that one. So, so, well, it must be, you know, a a Congress. Uh, So it means what? What does that mean, an occupational hazard? It means expect it. If you join, it's an occupational hazard of your job, just like getting shot. Right. So a lot of the women I have talked to since then are that have been discharged when they came forward or have come forward are being discharged with personality disorders. So instead of addressing the issue of rape, they're still blaming the person who has been raped and discharging them with a personality disorder. Wow. And and when they said there was no point in going to court, you would lose. Why did they say that? Why why would you lose if you brought this to court? My word against his. Mm-hmm. There's no one else there. No video, no no cell phones. There's none of that. 1990. And it was they said point blank. It's your word against his. He got to the cops first, which I clearly couldn't. <laughs> clearly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, a, you know, I mean, when you shared that with me, it was such a revelation of, you know, what's going on. You don't really know this unless you are intimately involved in the situation. You know, I went on and lived a really good life, so it's not all doom and gloom. I'm like, I, I right. can now that this wheelchair has been the best gift of my life. It has taken me in places and directions that I never thought were even possible as an able-bodied person that was probably headed for alcoholism. And, Mm. Mm. you know, if I look backwards, I'm like, good path. So that's why you're so incredible, Dana, because you have just taken – what life has given you and you've turned it into something amazing. So let's go back. So when you were released from the hospital those first three years until you could have responsibility for yourself, you as a quadriplegic, did that, what did that mean and where are you now with that? And I know you have other goals to do greater oh, recovery. Even. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I've just never stopped 
believing in the ability to get out of this chair, which from day one, I was like, this just isn't my thing. <laughs> I'm like, even mm. now when people say permanent, I'm like, no, it's not. And I say that because when I was only three years post, I had no, well, let me back that up. In the time I was in rehab, which was 10 months in the Seattle Veterans Administration Hospital, I learned that my spinal cord injury was incomplete and that the actual damage to my spinal cord was at C4 and C5. So what that all means in layman's terms is uh, that um, I, you lose your ability to breathe at C1, C2, C3, and you start getting it back at C4. So that's why I was able to get my ability to breathe back. The spinal cord swelling and spinal cord shock was wearing down and I was determined enough to beat it that I was able to. And at the C4, C5 level of injury, you have no triceps, no hand dexterity. Um, your uh, your normal function stops uh, just below your collarbone and at your elbow, and your normal sensation stops below your collarbone and at your elbow. Where the incompleteness comes in is my spinal cord was not severed, which it was bruised and more on one side of my spinal cord than the other, allowing some sensation, some function to shine through later on. I was able to kind of flicker a toe in within the first year and I was I had sensation of pressure. So that was indication that my spinal cord was an incomplete injury. And for me, I'm like that means I can heal the rest of the way. I mean, I'm 19 years old at this time. I know everything, right? I mean, I can do this. They can't tell me it's not possible. I'm 19. And I I never lost that because every time they would say, you're not going to be able to do this, I proved them wrong. From being able to take care of myself at that level of injury, they hadn't seen it done. And I managed to do it and it was um a few years later that I was married and I started into learning about Dr. Wayne Dyer's work and I was like hey this guy says I can manifest my destiny he's on my team and I started manifesting my way out of the wheelchair I was using leg braces to walk with and a walker and shuffle my feet after that I started learning that I could cross-country ski with these braces on because all you had to do was shift a hip. I didn't go very far. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing with all of this is telling my body and telling my mind and having the emotional state of healing that my body had no choice. It had to follow. That's just the law. So I just kept moving forward and from... There, I started doing stem cells around the world, and they're not cheap. I've sold property. I sold houses that I lived in personally and was like, well, I'm just going to trust. And I sold the house, and it provided enough money for the stem cells plus money to put down on another house. There was, I've been all around the world doing stem cells. I joined the Navy to see the world, and the universe went, okay. I forgot to say a bodied. <laughs> 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 well, you gotta, well, you gotta be 
Um, how effective have the stem cells been for you? I have had tremendous progress with stem cells. I am now able to walk um, uh, a good half a mile. It takes me, well, right this very second, I'm recovering from uh, a series of broken bones and getting back to walking. So before the broken bones in the last few years, I was able to walk a half a mile with crutches. And it took me an hour. So it's not 100% functional. And I attest that my ability to walk to the stem cells and my determination and everything else that I've tried, which is sound therapy, tone therapy, light therapy, and now I'm I'm doing Rhythmia and the ayahuasca plant medicine. And Mother Ayahuasca said, you are healed. Allow the body to catch up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing now. And in a couple of weeks, uh, well, actually, I'll, I have the honor to be speaking on stage with Eric Swanson, Mr. Awesome, in at the Habitude Warrior Conference in Houston, March 6th and 7th. So I'm pretty excited about that. And after that, I'm honestly more excited to be going to Spain to a Dr. Joe Dispenza workshop for the six-day workshop, the um, advanced, where he has had extreme success in miracles and spontaneous recovery. And I fully believe that the universe has been guiding me 100% of the way, one step at a time. And that's one of the reasons why I say this wheelchair has been such a gift in my life is that I have been able to travel the world. I've been happy traveling the world. I met Dr. Wayne Dyer. He had me write a book. He had me on stages with him. And, you know, unfortunately... Let's let's talk a little bit about... Dana, let's talk about your experience with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Oh, I love talking about Dr. Wayne Dyer. So I was in Costa Rica at the time, oddly enough, that things come full circle. I was in Costa Rica and having a really hard time with post-traumatic stress. And I really wasn't understanding that I had post-traumatic stress. I kind of knew, but I kind of didn't know because, quote, unquote, what happened to me didn't happen. So they never treated me for any of that. What were the symptoms, Dana? I was having nightmares. I couldn't sleep. I was scared. I was angry out of nowhere. I was trying to numb it out with a couple of beers at night. And at that point, I Googled, I Dr. Wayne Dyer had gotten me through difficult times before. I was like, Googled him. I started listening to From Ambition to Meaning. And he said, I have chronic lymphocytic leukemia. I don't know what that is really, but that's what I have. And in and I was like, oh, my God, I got to thank this person before he dies. Because I was using from ambition to meaning just to maintain. Because I was in Costa Rica studying Spanish, and I was responsible for a 21-year-old kid who was also with me. I paid half of her way so that she could get her credits in and I could get my credits in. So I was like... Had had I not been responsible for her, I would have left the second day. Because our place we were staying was two streets up from one of the largest drug trafficking and sex trafficking streets in San Jose. 
and we heard screams and and gunshots almost every night. Mm-hmm. So it threw me into a world of. So I was I would be up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. and listening to Dr. Windyer's voice soothing me just to just to maintain and get through the the rest of the time I was there. And I immediately when I saw that he had a cruise in Australia, I'm like, well, I like to go on cruises. I was in the Navy. I like I want to go to Australia mm-hmm. and Fiji. So I'm like that's one of the gifts I think that has been presented, like all of my healing is traveling abroad. And I joined the Navy to see the world. There you go. And within three days, I mean, he's the one that taught me to manifest, right? I'm like, okay. I set my intention before I even went on the cruise. I'm going to have dinner with Dr. Wayne Dyer. I, and I left it up to the universe. I was like, I'm not going to say, well, I let go of the outcome. And within three days on board ship, I was at a personal dinner with Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm like, whoa, I'm awesome. And and so I'm getting a little cocky. Wait, 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 I, wait. I just want to know. Did you go, you were, did you go to Australia to get that cruise by yourself? I flew there by myself and I met up with a friend. Right, right. Yeah, you, I mean, you just travel- flew there. You're in your wheelchair and you just. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nothing stopped you. <laughs> Not what I do. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't see, Continue on. I don't see limits. I don't see limitations. Uh, the people right. that see limitations, like I, I hear people's limitations that they try to put on me, and it just doesn't work out for them. Because those are limits in their mind <laughs> that they would think they would have if they were in a chair. I'm like, your limits don't work for me. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay, so carry on. So you had dinner with Wayne Dyer. Yeah, and at the dinner, he starts talking about John of God in Brazil, in Abajania, Brazil, and how John of God healed him of cancer. And then he looked at me and he goes, you need to go to see John of God. I'm like, Okay. And so I did. And there was another cruise conveniently in the Mediterranean with Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm like, ooh, I want to go to the Mediterranean. And um, I knew that I would need more help in, like, Greece and Rome and things like that. So one of the other people on the cruise agreed to go and help me out if I needed help, which was phenomenal. Because Dominic was a savior in Rome, I swear I was in a wheelie the entire time because my front casters would get stuck on the cobblestones. So if you pop me in a wheelie, I'm like a wheelbarrow cruising through Rome. So that was beautiful. And on that cruise, I'm like, it was like I didn't take a lot of, I didn't do any of the, the touristy things, except I ran into Wayne Dyer everywhere we went, like at the top of the Parthenon. I, I walked up the marble steps of the Par- Parthenon because the elevator that they had put in had broke down, of course. So I walked up those steps, not so proud, and who would be at the top? Wayne Dyer. He he gave me his hat at, on this cruise, actually. And I walked down to the stage one day after he'd given his lecture, and he was talking about releasing attachment to things. And, and so I walked down there. 
and uh, I said, wait. And he's like, whoa, because I walked down there. So he's all excited. And I'm like, how attached to that hat are you? And he's like, pretty goddamn attached, thanks. So I pulled out a necklace that I was wearing, and it had a John of God triangle on it. I said, well, I'm pretty goddamn attached to this John of God triangle. And he was like, oh, my God, you went. And I said, I'll trade you this necklace for that hat. I have the hat to this day. <laughs> and he's like, this changes my whole talk for and and then he brought you up, right? You 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 became a star. The next day, yeah. The next day, he changed his entire talk around, and he he's like, "Where are you sitting?" I'm like, "Right over here." And then he calls me down to the stage, so I walk down to the stage, and I mean, it takes me quite a bit of time. So not like do do do. It was more like you know a snail getting to the stage, but I did it, and that's the the important part. And so he starts talking and. He's telling people about it, and for the first time, the very first time, I admitted to a crowd of people because I had also learned from my social worker. Now, I'm 21 years post-injury at this point, I, and, oh, I went skydiving for New Year's that year, so I went skydiving <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> And I'm down there, and uh, and Wayne didn't actually say how I got hurt, but I did. I was like, well, and like Wayne said, I was raped and thrown off of a 75-foot cliff and left for dead and became a quadriplegic. And then at dinner that night, I had realized Wayne didn't say that. I did, and that was the first time. And it was so liberating to say and one of the reasons he brought me on stage is because the healing I received from John of God was the ability to forgive myself and my attacker now this doesn't mean you condone the violent act this means you're cutting the cord of draining your power into who has hurt you and I had carried a chip of anger on my shoulder that I didn't even know was there. I carried a cloud around me that I didn't even know was there. I thought I was still pretty happy-go-lucky, but the underlying current was still anger towards this man. And I had thought of all kinds of ways of hiring people to make him a quadriplegic. And, and then I finally was like, I dropped the anger off at the bus and went on forward without it. And it just was so liberating and so peaceful that afterwards I, I I stopped using alcohol to numb myself. I, I still drank every now and then and I, I still do have a glass of wine every now and then. I like it, but it's not something I do in order to numb out the sensation of hurt and anger. So I cut that cord. Like, you know, if you're a woman, you cut the cord to your baby so that they can thrive and if you're a man and it's hard for you to understand that think about you know you need the battery hooked up to your car for it to drive and if you unhook that battery it's just calm you don't need you're not that anger isn't driving you anymore and the battery represents that's, your anger that's so profound to get to the place when we can truly 
release the past and forgive and reclaim ourselves. Step out of the victimhood state of being. Yeah. Once you step out of being a victim, your your whole world opens up. And yeah. it took me a minute, like, you know, three, four years, minute after Wayne had passed. Um, my service dog, Jack, died two weeks prior to Wayne dying. And I thought, well, I guess this is it. You know, that was just, yay, go you, therapy session, writing the book. Good job. Move forward. And... I kind of went down a rabbit hole of depression for a while, mostly not having my service job, which I'd had for 12 and a half years. He was my everything. And I was like, well, I just know how to survive without him. And I slowly got back to myself and now know that I am not perfect. And I have attempted suicide a couple of times throughout these years. And it's because of the self-help. It's because of reading Wayne's work and because of people I love that has kept me going when I felt the, mm-hmm. at my lowest point and attempting suicide, I'm a failure at suicide. Good thing. And <laughs> Good it, was thing. Love. it was just absolutely 100% because of love for other people. And because of that love, it, I, it slowly started trickling back into myself and this, uh, it was like two years ago, I think now, almost. Well, 2019, my father's health was not the greatest. And he's like, I'd really like to see you graduate before I die. And I was like, oh, his liver was not doing good. And I'm like, okay, well, I better get on it. And I went to the college. And I'd been going to college off and on. I'm like a professional college student just because it was <laughs> like when it, stem cells weren't working well, and and out wasn't working and I was having plateaus. I didn't want to let my mind be idle, so I'd go to school. And I I just only took classes I felt like taking. Well, lo and behold, you can get a liberal arts degree that way. And I had to bust my butt last year, take full time. And the, the really fun thing is, you remember back when my whole family said, you're stupid, you're not, you wouldn't be good in college? I graduated cum laude. Hmm. Prove them wrong once again. And proved the fact that I had a traumatic brain injury. I forgot to tell you about that. I had a traumatic brain injury, and I had to go back and take remedial math, remedial reading, remedial English, everything. I had to start all over again with my times tables and to make it all up to getting a 4.0 with all of my classes, three and four hundred level classes full time, did pretty good. Quite, was, quite, quite remarkable. Another, yeah. another. I'm pretty proud piece of, that of evidence. One. Yes, and I was going to say another piece of evidence of how unlimited you are. How unlimited everyone is. I am not a unicorn. Hmm. There is nothing that I have done that no one else can do. You just have to. Stop letting other people's limits limit their mind. Mm. Well, and that's why you're such an inspiration, Nana, because you've gone through so many challenges. You know, your your that event, and then the aftermath of that, and you know, the brain damage, the PTSD. I mean, you 
you know, uh, you've experienced so much, but nothing stopped your spirit from getting on with its mission and your mission, the mission in this lifetime. That's huge resilience. I've been incredibly blessed to have, like, some of the most incredible champions in my life championing me on always. Like, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona at my best friend's house, Amy Sicaris Garcia. We've been best friends since we were 14 years old. Never left my side to this day. And my mm-hmm. family, my father, my mom, you know, all of all of my moms and dads, let's be honest, I had six of them. So, and my brother, my sister, my cousins, I'm like, I have had so much love and support that I terrify them. I mean, my father's favorite thing to say to me, I think, is what stupid shit are you doing now? Because I've been rafting and I've drowned twice and, and I keep going rafting. So when I went to the arrhythmia, he's like, oh, dear Lord, what stupid shit are you doing now? I'm like, yeah, it's going to help me. <laughs> so. So, so out of all this, you wrote your book. Right. Yeah. So that was another major accomplishment, which is um, um, your story. And it's called Falling Up, My Wild Ride from Victim to Kick-Ass Victory, which is such a powerful theme. And now we can appreciate it even more. Um, so you wrote a book. Hay House has published that one. I don't know if it's still on. It's still available, right? Uh, Falling Up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which which uh, you know that's I recommend everybody get that book if you if you're you or someone you know is in the dumps feeling kind of blue or feeling sorry for themselves or in a situation where they're having some challenges then we need to get that book into their hands because it's inspirational and that's I mean that's your message Dana you're so inspirational and your attitude is so amazing that has allowed you to just move forward in incredible ways. And, you know, it's, I, I know you've been noticing some improvement, right? You continue to notice improvement in your yes, functioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I know you're, you know, you have this trip planned with uh, Joe Dispenza, and um, I, I don't know how to tell you, but I actually have been studying the, uh, the work of Joe Dispenza and doing his course, his online course, online meditation. I hope to get to his workshop in Australia um, later in July where he's doing it right there. But um, in in watching and observing the testimonials from doing this deep, profound work, and for all my listeners, if you don't know who Joe Dispenza is, go to drjoedispenza.com or just do some YouTubes. Just look him up and see his work and the testimonials because, I, you know, I said this to you, based on what I have seen from people who have done his work and have been committed to practicing on a daily basis with the mindset, with the meditations, uh, I've seen, you know, I think I told you this, I, there was a testimonial, a testimonial of a woman who was a quadriplegic who now is running around with her grandson. So you're going to be yeah. one of those amazing testimonials. I mean, you've come so far, you've done amazing things, but there is even more waiting for you what 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 what, um you know talking about rhythmia and this experience where i met you in costa rica rhythmia life advancement center what do you think working with the plant medicine has 
helps you with? You know, I believe that plant medicine has helped me love myself. And that is like, you know, I, I was pretty happy with myself before. I just didn't realize that there was some elements missing. And and to love the people around me where they're at instead of trying to be right or trying to make them be where I'm at or, you know, like always going, I'm doing this work now and I'm doing that work now. You got to do it. You got to do it. No. I'm like, I'm still promoting rhythmia and I'm like, if it's calling you, then go. But, you know, I it's, if it's not calling you, don't. But the love in my heart that I feel right now and my relationship with my mom is completely mended. We were at a point in our lives, when I was a kid, I was tight with my mom. When we were just inseparable. And then over the last 15 years or so, um, our relationship had taken a turn where we couldn't even be in the same room for an hour without going at it, without arguing. Mm. And I will take to that because I think I was kind of an asshole. And it changed that around, having my mom with me, and we mended our relationship. And I I have to call her every day and tell her how much I love her and appreciate her now. And that is a huge shift in me that and her that allowed us to bond once again and my dad called me and was like, how'd you and your mother do? I'm like, Dad, our relationship's mended. It's beautiful. Oh. And he had nothing else he could say. <laughs> and that was myself. And the shift in talking to my sister. And I wasn't feeding into the drama. There's no drama in my head. I'm not creating that story around the guy that cut me off in traffic or the, the story around... Um, something my sister said or just not creating any dramas that are unnecessary and it's amazing to have your mind so clear the trees everything looks more beautiful and more alive I just feel more alive and loved whether I'm alone or with my dog or with other people I just feel love what a gift, huh? What a gift. That's, and and that's, the, that's the power of this experience with uh, plant medicine, also known as ayahuasca. It just heals in such deep just It heals us and reconnects us, which is why I keep doing medicine myself. <laughs> right. Just more to go. So, so Dana... What are your goals now? What What is it that you are setting as an intention for yourself at this point? Well, Mama Ayahuasca showed me to go back to drumming. I've been a drummer since a, I'm pretty sure since birth. <laughs> and uh, I'm currently working on moving to Arizona out of Colorado and um, get more back into the healing arts of drumming and sound and speaking when speaking engagements arise and and following my heart's truth, following my soul's path. And I was shown that healing arts of drumming and dance are something that I am to move toward. Uh. Fantastic, since you have 
a gift of being a drummer since birth. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good gift and a talent and a, and a healing, uh, healing modality that you can now be sharing with more people. Yeah, well, an example of how when she shows you what's possible is I was shown that I'm a drummer on the first journey, on the Monday journey, and by Friday I was playing impromptu bongos with uh, Christian and a couple other people, and he Christian asked me, how long have you been playing bongos? And that was the very first time I was actually able to play the bongos because of, you know, the new thumb function that I had gotten January 8th after doing two weeks of Joe Dispenza's work, I was able to straighten my thumb out enough to play the bongos. And I got rhythm. Oh. Wow. Cool. So can we just go back there? And, and then we still have some time. Um, what just happened? Tell us what just happened two weeks ago, two weeks before, or during the two weeks of work with Joe Dispenza. Oh, well, I... I I had, you know, interesting, I was anti-Joe Dispenza for a long time because he had a spinal cord injury and he healed within three weeks. I was like, oh, whatever, or three months, rather, three months. And my mind and my knowledge said his spinal cord wasn't damaged. When I got the full story, he had bone fragments in his spinal cord. So there's damage. So hmm, I had had, damage. I did my own story around it. And finally, one of my friends was like, no. I will read this book if you read this book. And I read, um, what's the miracle, miracle? Oh, I'm blanking on the title of the book. The Dispenser's book? The Placebo? Yeah. No, no it's, some, it's the a miracle, Supernatural? Miracle. Yes, Supernatural. Yep. Yes. Becoming Supernatural. Be- and, becoming Supernatural, yeah. Oh. have it here. I listened to all the science, and I'm kind of a science geek, and I, I was like, oh, my God. And then I went home, and I, I looked up the programs. I started doing the meditations, and I paid for um, – well, I, I got on the wait list for an event, which allowed me to uh, eventually get on that event. And by that, one of my friends, I was doing the meditations and doing the meditations day and night doing it with other people, doing the meditations. And January 8th, I got function back in my top thumb knuckle of my right hand. I did not have function in that knuckle for 29 and a half years. Wow. Wow. So the fact that I am still healing my foot injury 29 and a half years later, anything is possible. If if you get nothing out of today, anything is possible. If you set your mind to it and you believe in that goal and you feel it in your bones, go after it because you can do it. And you're such a living example of that, that, you know, nothing has to stop us. It's our attitude. We have the power within us to heal anything. Um, I love one of uh, Joe Dispenza's book's titles, like Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I think that's it. You know, you you have to see yourself and your potential in a new way and know that you can create anything in your life, which is what you are testimony to and and such an inspiration, Dana. And, um, you know, I, I, I told you this when I saw you at Rhythmia. You know, I see you walking. I see you walking and 
having full function and being up there on that stage and um, showing everyone the possibility that nothing, nothing can stop us from creating what we want. And uh, you have to just be sure to let me know when that happens. I don't want to miss that event. Absolutely. Absolutely, I will. I imagine the whole world. And, and, <laughs> um, you know, it's like a, a, a medical miracles in store, and I, I just can't wait to hear what happens to you next, especially doing that one really profound intensive with Dr. Joe Spencer and Spain. That'll be incredible for you. Oh, my God. Everyone. I am so excited for this workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be profound. So, in, in uh, a couple of minutes we have left in. Is there anything you want to share? Anything you want to add? Anything you want to kind of leave us? You know, I, my motto is see it, believe it, and make it happen. So I would like to leave you with see your goals. I'm like visualize them, feel them, and that's the seeing portion of it and believing in it. I mean, make that your passion and your burning desire, let no one deter you from that. And then you make it happen. And I don't mean force it. The Lord knows I've tried to force things and if that doesn't work. I mean, take the steps that you need. Take the steps that the universe provides you with. Like for me, the universe says, drop Wayne Dyer in my lap and then drop other books in my lap. Then the next thing was, you know, stem cells. And, and if you open your mind, the universe will help you make your dreams happen. It's, it's not a one-person job. And so I will just leave it with see it, believe it, and make it happen. Which is why it's so important to do the spiritual work where we have the, um, the ability to focus on the goals we have, put into practice the disciplines like you did with those meditations, doing them twice a day. I never give up, never give up, never give up. Joe Dispenza says four o'clock in the morning is the time to wake up. You know, grateful for my dog last night, woke me up at four thirty AM. I did my meditation. I was setting my alarms at four AM so I could wake up, do the meditation at four AM. Doing the work. It's it, your goals aren't gonna be like handed to you. You gotta do the work. And it's yeah. and it it's gonna be there and release attachment to the outcome because if you try and set a time frame, the universe is gonna go. Yeah, maybe not. Because yeah. they, yep. the, you know, God knows, you're you're here for a reason on this planet. Your journey is your journey. Enjoy it. Well, you're such an inspiration, Dana, and uh, I'm so glad that uh, you were able to spend the time, be with us today, and I I know that you inspired so many people in your life, certainly inspired all of the people listening in on the show today, and you will continue to inspire all of us, and it was just such a blessing to have met you and to have to receive your light and your love. You're such a beautiful, such a beautiful woman and such an inspiration. Thank you. So I just hold the, you know, the greatest desires for your success, for your book, 
which people really need to get, Falling Up is the name of the book, Falling Up, My Wild Ride from Dream to Catastrophe. And if you want to know more about Dana, then I suggest go to her website, and I'm going to spell her last name because that's her website. It's Dana Lysegang. It's L-I-E-S-E-G-A-N-G.com. And um, you can find her on Facebook as well under author Dana Lysegang. Um Dana, I just wish you the best. I'm really excited for you and the doors that are opening, the possibilities. You truly are creating your unlimited future, and everything is possible. Everything is possible for you. So I um, just can't wait to hear It's going to be amazing. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, it's been such an honor. It was such a blessing to meet you and and just feel your love and be just there for each other because when we're healing at the same time, we get to heal each other. And I just really am grateful for you in my life now. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. Yep, it's wonderful how we find each other in this lifetime. And that's it's part amazing. of the amazing journey we're all on, right? Finding each other, all all these souls reconnecting again, and um, uh, yeah, I look forward to and we'll stay in touch, Dana, and I'll hear more of your miracles and we'll share more of our stories. And I um, I'm just so grateful to you being in this world and for being the wonderful inspirational presence that you are. So you take Thank care, you. good journeys, happy travels, and uh, we'll be in touch. And thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, to everyone listening, thank you for being. Uh, check check out Dana's website. I'll give that to you again. Life's again, L-I-E-S-E-G-A-N-G.com. So until next time, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now.